Male sexuality can be compared more to a fire. When you burn it and there's enough wood, it's going to just go pretty fast into intense fire. While our sexuality is more like water. It's just simply going to take time for this fire to bring this water to boiling. And we really want to bring a woman to boiling before we enter her, especially if we want to experience a lot of different types of orgasms in cervical orgasm, especially. This is a Soul Fire production. Welcome back to A Sharper Life. So today's episode is going to blow your mind. I'm doing the intro now, but I just got off chatting with Bibi and oh my word, up until the very last second of this interview, I was just holding on to everything she said. And trust me, you are going to love it. Get a pen and paper ready because she goes deep. We both go deep. So Bibi is a conscious lovemaking coach who works with couples and singles across the world, teaching her disruptive yet completely approachable ways to sexuality and energetic lovemaking. She is a Mind Valley teacher, one of the most sought after coaches in the tantric space right now. And boy, oh boy, do we have a freaking juicy conversation for you today. So in this episode, you will learn what a full body orgasm is and also how to have one. You'll learn tips to tap into the G-spot orgasm, the breast orgasm, the cervix orgasm, and basically how to have multiple orgasms, even if you've never had one before. You are going to learn how to create a more intimate, conscious sexual connection with yourself, even if you don't have a ton of confidence right now in your body. There's tips for couples who are looking to rekindle the romance and so much more. So this is a longer interview as we do go over an hour, but please trust me, you are going to want to listen to the very end because she is giving very practical advice, easy to follow, yet incredibly impactful tips to enhance your lovemaking, whether it's with yourself or a partner. And I am sharing a lot of personal stories too, which I think you're going to enjoy. So without further ado, here's the conversation with Bibi. So I want to just jump straight in here. You are known in person for teaching the full body orgasm, where I have to say from watching this, you shake, there's energy flowing, and it looks like you're truly having a mind-blowing orgasm. So can you tell us about this? Like, What does one need for it? Is it using sex tools or your own hands? Can you do it alone or do you need a partner? And I also just want to mm -hmm. preface, we're going to talk about this more. So don't give away too much yet. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, well, I'm known for, I guess, showing it, but without using my hands and without genital stimulation and being completely dressed. So I just want to clarify that. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, I guess, you know, some people will refer to this as an energy orgasm. Some people will say full body orgasm. Some maybe will say that it's the Kundalini energy moving through my body. So I'm, I don't think there is just like a one, um, you know, it, it just has a one specific name. And again, different belief systems might describe it and name it differently. Um, this is how I learned and how I have experienced it for the first time. 
And yeah, I guess, you know, the whole point is actually that it's, we're tapping into a different uh, reality. We're tapping into the energy body. And instead of just relying on the friction and on a lot of action and on the genital stimulation, we are tapping into this life force energy. And some people will call it life force energy. Some will call it creative energy. Some will call it sexual energy or vitality or possibly chi or prana or kundalini. And we not necessarily have to be very sexually aroused. You, we don't necessarily have to be horny, right? We are alive. So that energy is within us. And we can tap into this and we can use different tools to build up that energy. And then uh, we learn how to really start feeling and perceiving this energy. And then we can learn how we can actually cultivate that energy. And then we find out that we can expand it. And after we have expanded it, like, oh, wow. And now I can actually direct it the way I want. So there's a lot of magical things that we can do with that energy. And I know for some people, when I, when I give, when I show this mini uh, full body orgasm, it might look like magic, but it isn't really magic. And once we dive deeper into it, some people realize that they actually had similar experiences, either in breath work or maybe in medicinal plant ceremonies or maybe in Kundalini yoga, or maybe after they just lie down after ecstatic dance. And they felt that energy pulsating through them and the spine started to move. And, uh, and again, um, it isn't, you know, it isn't completely uh, something that very few people have access to, right? Uh, people often just don't bring the two things together. And that is one of the reasons why when I do this demonstration, I like to say that it is a full body orgasm. Because a lot of us use many mindfulness, spiritual, yogic tools outside of the bedroom. But what we don't realize that we can bring the same tools into the bedroom, into self-pleasure practice or into sexuality. So we actually have holistic or conscious sexuality. And that's where those two worlds meet together. So... In, in demonstrating that full body orgasm, I often just give people permission to, uh, to feel that. I feel them uh, also an idea that they can now more grasp and believe and just open themselves up to the idea that this is possible. And then again, permission of uh, feeling it, and moving the body and making the sound. And for some people, just looking at me doing that is enough to start to have these experiences. And this is actually why I started teaching. Because friends started coming mm. back and saying, hey, after you talked about it and after I've seen you shaking and breathing and I've seen your spine move and your body kind of surrender to that movement, uh, I started to experience it myself. Beautiful. So I'm wow. trying to, yeah. Talk a little bit and don't give all the secrets. Yeah, we're we're going oh, to come back to more of this because we got it. We got to keep you all listening. But mm -hmm. I have experienced you demonstrating this and teaching on your, I believe it's Tuesday, Tantra classes at Nomade mm -hmm. in Tulum. And 
And that's yeah. actually where we it met. Tantra few, Tuesday. Tantra Tuesdays. <laughs> I love it. And we, yeah. we met a few years ago when you actually brought me in for the wellness tent takeover. Mm-hmm. And I just, I want to say, you know, to everyone listening, Bibi and I became close friends because I was able, I was there teaching. I was also there to learn. And I think it's really important in today's day and age that it's not just about sharing your gifts. It's about learning and expanding and growing. And what I really learned from you and watching you do this was just witnessing the pleasure in front of a group of people. And as you said, with clothes on, you're not touching yourself. And it was powerful and it was raw. And what I love is that you unapologetically are just you and you are showing what pleasure should look like and can look like. And and it really makes me think of this scene of when Harry met Sally, where at the very end of it, the famous line, she's like, I'll have what she's having. And I think that that's, <laughs> that's how we all felt in your classes after mm. watching this is it's like, yeah, I, I want that. But I just want to acknowledge you and that I really believe you give the freedom and the you're, you're giving women and men and whatever you identify with the the ability to just be vulnerable and be you and try something new. And so I just want to first off say thank you for doing this work and teaching. Like I've learned so much and we've, mm-hmm. I'm going to come to that a little bit later because we've done some work, which we'll talk about because I've worked with BB one-on-one and man, was it fucking good. <laughs> but I want to move on and we will talk about this this energetic orgasm or full body orgasm a little bit later of tips for mm-hmm. you know how people can yep. get into this. But first, I think it's important just to understand the the movement of energy in the relationship mm-hmm. to yourself, to others, like whether it's conscious lovemaking or connecting, because I think that we get so caught up in the like wham bam fuck, let's get it done. And we Slum kind of bomb, thank you, mom. <laughs> Right. And we forget that we all have energy. And a few weeks ago, I did a a show on masculine feminine energy. And so I, and we'll talk about that too, but I'd love if you can just go over, I guess, the movement of energy and as it relates to orgasms and connecting deeper with yourself. Yeah. So the sexual energy comes from our lower centers, right? Lower chakras. And, um, it is because it is within those lower, if, if the listeners don't know what chakras are, <laughs> that's like a whole another topic, but these are yeah. the energy centers that run around, throughout the body, more or less yep. go up, up yep, road, along our spine, more or less, if you want to say so. And that sexual energy really is kind of initiated again within the lowest chakras, okay, the root chakra and the sacral chakra. and. The same as in physics, if the energy is lower, it's more dense, right? It's where we have matter. Now, if you start lifting the energy upwards towards ether, that's where the energy is going to start becoming lighter, more subtle, higher frequency, Mm. right? Now, because we mostly experience friction-oriented sex, genital-focused sex, and also sprint or fast food sex if you can (laughs) say so right (laughs) more than 50 percent of men ejaculate within less than two minutes okay crazy so you know if most of 
most of the time penetration will be less than two minutes. In some cases, maybe four or five, we're lucky, right? So there isn't really enough time for us to even tap into the idea of energy, to start perceiving Mm. it, to start moving it. And it's really like going from no fire to an explosion in a, in a, you know, in, in few minutes, right? So there is really no time to get close to this fire, to play with it, to observe it, to learn from it. And so this is how I would like to describe it. So again, most of us experience sexuality in that raw, primal, animalistic Mm. kind of expression, right? Which I think, oh, I was just going to say, I -hmm. think there's a time and place for that. And, and Mm -hmm. also this, I have a question for you before you continue, because I I know the answer, but I'm sure a lot of people want to know, you know, that men, typical men ejaculate in two minutes. What is it for Mm -hmm. a woman? Well, more, there's different numbers around that, but definitely more than half of women, more than 50% of women do not experience orgasm from, from penetration. I even came across a number that was saying 80% of women do not experience orgasm through penetration. Again, different numbers, definitely more than half and about 15% of women never had an orgasm in their life. And then is there like a time of, cause like we know it takes men like two minutes. Does it take women like 40 (laughs) minutes from start to finish to to rev up, let's say the energy? Yeah. Again, you know, if you look into the idea of ancient art of lovemaking, it was believed that a woman needs at least 45 minutes to an hour to open to truly orgasmic experiences. I think, you know, modern teachers talk more about 20 minutes I always say minimum 20 minutes of a foreplay uh, before. uh, And if you have time, see what happens when we really have time to play for 45 minutes or an hour. And I like to give a a simple um, comparison here. Male sexuality can be compared more to a fire, right? Mm. Where when you burn it and there's enough wood, it's going to just go pretty fast uh, into you know, intense fire, right? While our sexuality is more like water, right? It's just simply going to take time for this fire to bring this water to boiling. And we really want to bring a woman to boiling before we penetrate her, before we enter her, especially if we want to experience a lot of different types of orgasms uh, in cervical orgasm, especially. Mm -hmm. So I I I hope that... That brings uh, it to into perspective. Continue. Sorry. I have so <laughs> many questions that I'm, so, I'm like so excited. Oh mm, my God. No. Yeah. How are we going to make it on time? So, okay. So most of us friction oriented, short lived goal oriented sexuality, the energy never leaves the lower centers. And really, again, the only uh, flavor of sexuality is that wild primal animalistic Uh, expression of that energy that we experience, right? But now, if we actually slow down, if we start to observe different levels of arousal, okay, if we start breathing, if we start connecting into our body, if we start perceiving that energy, the turn on, the tingling, and we're going to start consciously moving it upwards, okay, then we're going to bring it to the higher centers. And then not only that energy is going to become higher frequency, it's going to become more subtle, okay? But it's also going to kind of change its expression, its quality, reaching different centers, right? I like to say 
when energy is going to reach your heart, it's pure frequency of love, unconditional love. And it's really, you feel like you're one with your partner, like you're one with the universe. Uh, and you, quite frankly, can experience heart orgasms or love gasms, mm. right? Then the energy continues for all the chakras all the way up to really connect with your higher self. And once you connect with your higher self, then you can also connect with the universe, with the God, with the creator. Um, so really, we can use this energy, not just for pleasure and procreation, because that's what mainly happens if we leave the energy within the lower centers, but we can use this energy to heal because that energy is a very powerful phenomenon. So on the way up, Whatever obstacle it encounters on the way is it trauma, is it tension, is it pain, is it unexpressed feelings and emotion, sadness, anger, etc., etc., resentment, it's going to almost help you to push it out, right? So if people really surrender to this energy, you might be crying, you might be screaming, you might be releasing, you might be laughing. I've even seen people vomit, right? And wow. I would like to talk about this healing modality of that sexual energy now on top of that we can also use that energy to really self-actualize because once you start bringing that energy that shakti energy all the way up to your consciousness to your awareness the expression of the masculine the shiva right when mm -hmm. the energy gets here all the way to the to, to the top and kind of unites with the awareness <sighs> What is this going to do? It's going to expand our awareness, right? Because we're also going to enter higher states of consciousness. And then the new neural paths are created. And you really start to not only connect to the divine, but observe things from a different perspective, have insights, um, see beyond the obvious, and have realizations, et cetera, et cetera, right? So, um, so again, uh, healing, reaching higher states of con uh, um, consciousness and self-actualization. And then, you know, many other things like manifestation. Yeah. Because once you start running that powerful energy through all your energy centers, it's going to light up every part of your brain, every part of your nervous system, and we're going to connect it with a clear intention. And in those orgasmic states, shoots this intention. Uh, being in this high frequency where our whole body is vibrating, that's really a powerful manifestation tool as well. So again, so much more than just pleasure and procreation. Um, yeah, I hope wow. that, that makes I, sense. I mean, that was so deep and profound. And even from that, I, I could branch off with like a, a million different questions. I think it was just so fascinating as, as you're talking, you know, here, I teach what I do and helping people move through traumas and pain and heal their relationships, heal, you know, the relationship with their body. And here you are sharing that you can become a sexual goddess or a man <laughs> who just embraces that side. And it's not only going to give you more confidence and it gives you healing. And then on yeah. top of that, yeah, you get to connect with God, divinity, source. And like, I know for myself, when I, would start feeling like I, I've never really been one for loose sex or, and, and each to their own. Right. And we're going to talk mm -hmm. about that because I have a, a specific question, but <laughs> I do know that if I was ever getting to a point where I just had no, no confidence, let's say I knew that there was a lack of connection, whether it was like a self-practice needed to happen, or there was a physical connection with 
someone and, and I've always been the type of person that I need emotional sex. I, I just don't get mm-hmm. off other if it's like, you know, stranger. But and, and I do have a question of that. But I want to get into it and, and not too long of an answer because there, I know we can go into Eastern and Western and all these different things. But I think there's a misconception yeah. about Tantra, right? And Tantric practices. And I know that you're a big proponent of teaching a lot of this. But it's something, you know, a lot of people, when you say Tantra, they're like, oh, isn't that the thing that Sting does and he has sex all the time? And like, <laughs> but he doesn't come. Like, what? So yeah. can you just give us a, a quick baseline thing of what Tantra is? And I guess more importantly, how you have kind of made it your own? Yeah. Yeah. Beautiful. So, yeah, I actually never use the word Tantra. I say that I teach energetic lovemaking. And the reality is that, you know, Tantra. Um, kind of came from India hundreds years ago. So it was really, uh, it originates in ancient Eastern world. Uh, in Sanskrit, the term Tantra literally means loom or wrap or weave. Okay. And in the Tantric tradition, it was more considered as a system, as a method or an instrument. Okay. And Again, it was mostly about um, ultimate self-realization tool to expand your consciousness and experience unity um, with everything. So in Tantra, nothing was good or bad. Everything was divine. And because everything was divine in its nature, also sexuality was divine in its nature, right? So... In the Tantra, unlike often in other spiritual traditions or even sometimes yogic tradition, the body is celebrated as a living temple, okay? And lovemaking can be used as a tool to transcend the physical level and really reach a blissful state, okay? So it was mainly about this, really an instrument for spiritual growth. And sex was a part of it, but never like a focus, right? Now, what we really talk about uh, most here in our most Western society is actually a neo-tantra, which is a modern offshoot of that traditional practice. And spiritual seekers and travelers, I, I, I once wrote that text that I resonate with, started traveling the world. And then when kind of they go to the West, they took what they liked the most from the tantra tradition and mainly focused on sexuality. Uh, so again, we talk about conscious sexuality or neo-tantra, so it's not exactly tantra. There is indeed more focus on the sexuality itself, but again, sexuality is a tool for self-realization, okay? And this is the similarity between neo-tantra and classical tantra, the pursuit of personal transcendence, okay? Now, classical tantra is not focused on sexuality uh, classical Tantra follows the ancient manuscripts, Neo-Tantra doesn't. It's much more uh, relaxed when it comes to that. So let's see if I can leave it with that, if I want to give a really very short, um, short explanation. Now, uh, I, you know, I have not studied enough of Tantra texts and interpretations. I, uh, therefore, I'm not saying that I'm teaching Tantra, right? Mm. The teachers that I have been studying with, again, are teaching mostly Neo-Tantra. And I have my own interpretation of it, and I call it energetic lovemaking. 
Mm. And uh, I again, that. I feel like there is such a you know strong charge and conditioning around the word Tantra. Um, so that's why energetic lovemaking. I love, I, I absolutely love it. And, and I think, it, you know, I brought up Tantra because I visited and stayed with you at your house many times. Mm-hmm. And, and, uh, I just brought some books down when I came and, you know, you're always learning and you, you do have books about Tantra and you're reading more. And I, I also find this just amazing when someone has a passion and it's like, how do I just keep updating my system with more and more what's out there? But you've talked about your journey becoming mm-hmm. a conscious sexuality teacher. And I love that conscious sexuality teacher. Just, it's like vibrant and vivacious that just listening to that, but how you went through a mini midlife crisis and mm-hmm. questioning your life. And so I want to go into that, but another way that I like to look at it is in these moments, they really become a meaning crisis, right? Where we feel a lack of meaning in our experience and crave for something deeper. And so I would Mm. love for you to talk about your own meaning or midlife Mm -hmm. crisis, meaning midlife crisis, uh, because I just feel like so many people are afraid to question their life and they feel Mm. guilty about things changing and judgment that, you know, they were on one path and the corporate world or this. And like, for me, it was modeling. And then complete 180, nowhere near that. And for you, we'll, mm. we'll go in there. And I really, I, what I love about what you share and, and what I do too, is just, it's, we're, we're giving people permission to question, to change their life's direction. And instead of life needing to be perfect, there's actually perfect perfection in the imperfection of the journey. So I'm going to leave it with you of sharing about yeah. this meaning crisis that you went through and how you became a conscious sexuality teacher. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I shared quite a lot and I'm actually happy to continue sharing this because after each podcast, after each talk, after each speech, so many people come to me saying, oh my God, I am exactly in this place in life. I resonate so much and it's so scary and you're such an inspiration. So I think there is never enough of this story. And I love how you name it. Uh, I like this name much more than mini life crisis. But yeah, that was exactly that. I grew up in communism. I My dream was to have what my parents didn't exactly have, money and freedom to travel. So I chose finance and banking. Seemed like a great <laughs> idea, right? I wanted to be a McKinsey consultant. And then I ended up, you know, working in Citibank and KPMG and then Reuters and, you know, somehow related to corporate world and finance. and. Yeah, at the beginning, it was fun because I earned the money, I traveled, and then I kind of started to feel a little bit of emptiness because this was never really my passion. And I chose it because uh, logically, it seemed like a best step. But I, at that point, you know, when I was choosing it, I wasn't really tuning into my soul and asking for my purpose. That's not what they teach us to do in school, right? Right. So... Yeah, then I went through kind of a period of hedonism and I was covering up the void with, is it nonstop traveling, compulsive shopping, the office was on Times Square and literally I would go shopping every lunch break, it was ridiculous. And then partying and then drinking and then casual sex. Uh, And again, I always say it worked for a while, but after a while it stopped working. And then... I actually paused for the first time and I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, okay, I am not happy. 
And I've been, I've been at that point, I've been earning more than I've ever been before. I was flying on private jets. I was on, on, you know, private islands and on a boat and this and that. And I just got my new Rolex um, for the biggest bonus ever I got. And yet I paused and I was like, wait a second, I am the unhappiest I've ever been. Mm-hmm. So these are not the answers. And luckily, I didn't spend all my life pursuing that. I took a shortcut, experienced someone <laughs> else's wealth, got invited. And I was like, you know, it's not for me. I'm not going to be doing this for the next 20 years, trying to get there because it's actually not as shiny and fulfilling as it looks from the outside. Yeah. And this first moment, realizing this, okay, I am in a job that I don't like. I live in a place I don't like. I have no idea what I'm going to do with my life from now on was fucking scary. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And, uh, and it got me into quite a negative state for a while. So I was crying. I was negative. I was complaining. Then I started to attract all kinds of negative things, a robbery and this an accident. And then at some point I looked myself in the mirror and I was like, you know what? I don't like the person that I'm looking at. That's it. This was the moment that I had a click. You know, the click that you read in the books, I kind of that Sunday, rainy Sunday in Sao Paulo, I woke up and I was miserable and the place I didn't like. And I looked at myself and I was like, you know what? That's it. I don't want this anymore, but I'm actually going to change it. And I picked up the phone and I scheduled a first therapist session. And from there I started, but I really made an internal decision. I am going to change it. And I first needed to hit the bottom. Because in the comfort zone, you don't have enough motivation um, to really go out of your comfort zone and change things, right? You just stay because it kind of works, right? Right. And that's where the journey started. And, you know, right. I, I went to a first uh, meditation course. I read Power of Now, a book. Uh, I, someone said, hey, you should do ayahuasca ceremony. And so I did. And then I did a peyote ceremony and then I did a landmark type of course. And then I did Vipassana and then I went to India to Osho Ashram. And like slowly, slowly, I started to open up to, uh, to seeing the world through a different perspective. And the more I opened and the more I started to believe in magic, synchronicities, energy, etc., the more it started coming my way. Um, so in a short, this is how this began. And I was finally um, strong enough to leave the corporate world of 15 years. It was a golden cage for 15 years with a pretty nice salary. I wasn't even working that hard. And again, if anyone is in the similar situation, I want to say it was the scariest decision of my life. And it was the most uh, powerful decision. And I couldn't imagine my life now without taking that jump and then leap of faith and uh, the best decision I've ever yeah. done, made definitely. On this journey of this personal growth and self-discovery, I came across a workshop on conscious sexuality, where I actually, far enough, coming back to this full body orgasm, the teacher, Sasha Cobra, showed a video of someone having a full body orgasm for a half an hour. And we were looking at this video. We were looking and looking and looking and it totally planted seeds in our subconscious mind. And when we started the session, it took me 10 minutes and I got into my first full body orgasm. And once that energy got switched on, it remains switched on. And it's been really a life-changing event uh, because that energy started moving. The energy 
started transforming me. And from there on, everything shifted. And it was so powerful uh, that, you know, when I, when I discover something, I'm like, I want to share, <laughs> right? Mm -hmm. There is only one higher level of experiencing something amazing. And it is sharing this amazingness with someone else, right? And um, yeah, so I started talking to everyone about sex. Everyone, literally. <laughs> oh, I just couldn't stop. And, you know, it, it, what was funny is that people, it actually, people are curious. Uh, you would think they're going to judge you. No, most people are like, hey, I wanted to learn this, but I didn't know where to start. Hey, I actually have this challenge and I didn't know to, who, who to talk about it. Okay. Yeah. So people started coming back. Things started to happen for them, right? Even though they just listened to me for half an hour speak. And again, this naturally took me uh, and I surrendered to what uh, the word was asking for me. And people wanted to know more. And then people wanted a private session. And then people wanted to me to fly somewhere. And then in pandemic, they wanted an online courses. So I basically, for once, uh, you know, in, ever took a step back from that masculine my five-year mm -hmm. goal is this and these seven steps are going to take me there and i literally started flowing um and that's oh where the flow the current took me yeah. yeah oh you once again you said so many beautiful things and i i just really want to encourage anyone who's listening we as humans will all go through that meaning crisis or the, I have my job and I hate it and I want to quit, or I'm with my partner and I know this relationship is not fulfilling me, or I want to move to another country and I'm, you know, fear is stopping me and, and take it from BB and take it from me. Like we both did that. And stepping yeah. into the unknown is so scary. And yet I think we both share the same views yeah. is like, I wouldn't trade my life for anything. Mm -hmm. Because we get yeah. to share what we're passionate about and help people. But you actually went into something, and I, I really want to talk about this because it's so a masculine and feminine energy. Mm -hmm. And I want to share something with you and actually with the, the audience. They, they're starting to realize I'm, I'm a pretty open book here. But I did a podcast episode, as I mentioned, a, a few weeks ago. And I talk about you know divine, masculine, feminine, wounded. Mm -hmm. And one thing that I've personally experienced is that during the work week, my partner and I, my fiance, we don't really connect as deeply. And I've kind of started subconsciously learning from him. And let me say, I've also naturally been in my masculine my whole life. So for me to be in my feminine, it's been a journey to get there. And that being said, is there's less intention, let's say during the week, he wakes up at 5am, he's exhausted, you know, by seven o'clock. Mm -hmm. We, but then on the weekend, we'll go out, have some drinks, might be a little hungover the, ne you know, the next day, but we're not working. And what I find is that, you know, by, by from Friday to like Sunday, we're like little tantric bunnies and we're doing all of the connection. And I really have found that like when I'm in my masculine during the week, that's actually when we disconnect. And I'm, I'm only speaking for me right now, but when mm -hmm. we drink, I actually kind of that voice I that I call it the Siamese twin it switches off and I go into this playful fun energetic sexy kind of no stress that the feminine and we deeply mm -hmm. connect and so the polarity is there and holy shit is it sexy and so I'd love for you to talk a little bit about the role of masculine and feminine because so many women like myself 
have been, especially from the pandemic of fear, have been living in their masculine, which I can only imagine with these practices makes it a little hard to release and have an orgasm. And probably why mm-hmm. so many women aren't having them is because of the the tight, the control. So would love to hear yeah. just anything you want to add. You know, for me, first of all, it starts with awareness, becoming aware, okay, when am I in my masculine? Why am I near my masculine? Because also there is this, you know, there, there's this kind of, um, I think, limiting belief that if we are uh, business women, if we want to be successful, we have to be in our masculine, right? Because that's where you're subconsciously coming from. Like from Monday to Friday, I am in my uh, sharper mode. Yeah. And if I want to get something done in my sharper mode, I need to be in my masculine, which is not true. And there is a beautiful book, Shakti Leadership. And I have a lot of girlfriends who are very successful in a lot in the feminine. So I think, you know, first, let's even look at this limiting beliefs that I often stick to myself on a subconscious level as well. Yeah. And then another thing I want to say to this, and I think you you brought up an interesting topic, Nikki, a topic of alcohol as a social Mm -hmm. lubricant, right? And as a way to relax and let loose and, you know, that uh, less sharp, but more playful Nikki finally have a space, has a space to come out and play. Um, And it's, again, one of the reasons why many people need alcohol. Uh, to get intimate or to date or to have fun, right? Now, there are other ways that we can create that polarity and make space for the feminine energy uh, throughout the week that don't require um, that don't require necessarily alcohol. And what it can be just really coming into your body, having, putting a sexy playlist on, on a Tuesday, light up some candles, Put on a sensual playlist or sexy few songs, move your body for a few minutes, and let's see how he responds to that. So again, coming into your senses, coming into your body, movement practice can be fun and inviting uh, and will bring you into your feminine flow, okay? Then, um, I don't know, being in the nature or doing a little fun breathwork session or an audio on a Wednesday night that will put you into a more relaxed space. And when you play with this polarity, you don't necessarily need to go into sexuality. I always talk about that. You can just be sensual. Mm. Or maybe you want to learn a few basic moves, how to give him a massage and vice versa. And you can just give yourself relaxing massage before going to sleep on your shoulders from sitting will be not just beneficial to relax you from sitting on the computer, but will allow you to connect to your body, to connect to that more sensual um, part of yourself. So there's so many different flavors of this connection and they can be fun. Uh, They can really be, you know, juicy and playful and again, they should be juicy and playful. It should be something, oh no, it shouldn't be something, oh my God, I have to go into my feminine. What am I going to do? Am I going to cook or am I going to, you know, what am I going to do? Do things also that bring you joy and that connect you to that more embodied part of you and sensual part of you and, you know, surrender, et cetera. Make sense? So. <laughs> I love it. And follow up question on that, just because I work with a lot of couples and women who Mm -hmm. are in their masculine, but then 
they kind of have the challenge where they feel like their partner is not in that masculine of, you mm-hmm. know, taking the lead and doing that. So I'm just wondering during these beautiful, and I, I love how you say it's not, it's not just about sexuality and having sex, yeah. like it's about sensuality, but how can a woman encourage her man to maybe take the lead if she's feeling stressed? Because I know there's so many women that are like, yeah. I'm tired. I don't want to sit there and just have sex tonight. Like how <laughs> is the, and actually this is a question that came in of like couples that have been together for a while and they like lose the routine of, of, or, you know, like, I guess life gets in the way and they lose that yeah. magic. So like, what tips do you have either individually or for the couple or for both mm-hmm. of so, them to get that back? Yeah. So I think, you know, there's like two part question. Number one, if a woman wants a man to go into more of his masculine and take a lead, then the one thing she can do is go more into her feminine. Uh, because yeah. let's be honest, and I know it's not easy, but you know, I, I am challenged by this. So I, I really speak from my own experience. If you were bossing around, if you were telling him what to do, if you're like, I'm tired, I want this, I want all that. Well, then you're not even giving him a space to lead. You mm-hmm. really need to take a step back, relax, surrender, and allow a space, create a space for him to step in. And uh, and lead and invite you and organize something. And then also then you are really going to praise him for this. You're going to really clearly express appreciation because this is something we actually don't do often. And we can go into our moody and criticizing. Yeah, you, do, you, you, you organize a dinner, but you told me too late and I am not really ready and I don't have anything to wear. No. Wow. I really appreciate you taking a lead. And I appreciate you organizing that. I love that. I would love more of this. Mm. It makes me feel appreciated and connected to you. And it makes you sexy when you organize something and invite me and organize that as a surprise. Now, next time, maybe we go to, you know, uh, French instead of Chinese. But other than that, I am loving it, right? So when that happens, also really acknowledging him for stepping into this masculine as a simple example. Now, on the other part of the question, what I see over and over again is the couples, because I also have couples courses, that everyone at the beginning says, yes, we want to be a thriving couple. We want amazing sex life. We want connection. We want this and we want that. And then week one comes and they are behind the homework. There was two hours of homework and like, we are behind. How do you want your relationship to be amazing, your sex life to be thriving and have this beautiful, spiritual, emotional, deep, soul nourishing connection if you cannot find two hours in the week to prioritize your relationship? And yes, there is life. And yes, there is going to be distractions. And yes, we are all busy. But day has 24 hours and it really is about priorities. So be honest with yourself. How important is that relationship? Because often people prioritize being parents, prioritize being business owners and making money, and then maybe prioritize rest or sports. And the relationship is just somehow that idea that is going to, as a default, work amazingly. No, like with everything else in life, unless you put time, energy, commitment, and you're going to prioritize it, it's not going to be thriving. So 
Really, I would love the couples to sit down and write down, hey, what are the ways, what are the activities, what are the moments throughout the week that we really call connect and we cultivate togetherness? And watching a series together and both of you looking at the screen, not even at each other, doesn't count. Like, what are the togetherness moments that you consciously cultivate throughout the week? There probably will be very few. Mm, but I <laughs> so love it. How, how can How can we bring more of this intentional, you know, high-quality togetherness into our week? Mm. Right? What maybe, you know, maybe some things are less important in the relationship. I actually ask couples to do a relationship vision, right? And then I know it's going to sound cliche, but the thing really works. Having at least one date and night where it's in your calendar, where you really dress up, where you really show up with your full presence, where you really organize something, um, you know, with an intention and love uh, and where you come together into this ritual, you know, modern ritual called a date, but a ritual to cultivate togetherness. Mm. And it's not just about going to a restaurant and having a bottle of wine. It's also about hugging. It's also about sensuality. It's also about going really deep into vulnerable questions. It's mm -hmm. really about eye gazing. It's really just sometimes about holding space for each other or maybe a massage, right? It does not necessarily mean a penetration neither. Yeah. Right? Wow. So really putting it in a calendar and being honest with yourself. If we want all this amazingness, are we actually putting enough time, effort, and energy for those results to show up? I mean, spot on. <laughs> and I'll share a few things that my partner and I do. So when, when either, either one of us will come through the door and the other one is here, we go, baby. And it's an <laughs> acknowledgement of the other person. We always get up and hug each other. And we'll mm -hmm. get, and I had also said, you know, I feel like we haven't been kissing enough. So we now kiss the moment we see each other as well. So it's mm. this acknowledgement of, hey, you're here. I appreciate you. And we we have a few different things. Um, we have three different WhatsApp chat groups. And I love WhatsApp because you can name your chats. And mm -hmm. so we have the one which is like the everyday. We just chat about whatever. How's your day? Mm -hmm. We have the gratitude. And it's called that gratitude with a heart where once a day or, or you know, maybe once mm -hmm. every other day, one of us will say, Hey, here's, and it's, it's always about the other person or our relationship. Here's what I'm grateful nice. for, for you I today. Love that it, one. It's beautiful. And it makes you feel so seen and acknowledged. And, mm. and I'll always do like five things. And I use a heart when I'm writing them. And, mm -hmm. and then, it, you know, he'll write back and say like, wow, those are beautiful. And then we have the, I love you and conversation, which is, I love you. And I fucking hate you right now, but <laughs> let me verbalize what I'm feeling vulnerably without you attacking me. So I can share my truth. And we're able mm -hmm. to work through crunchy moments so that by the time we're back and we might just be in the other room from each other and between that and then like the next day, I'll make it a point to go in the gratitude blog and, mm -hmm. or, in, you know, in our journal thing, whatever, WhatsApp, and just say, you know, I, I'm really grateful that we were able to work through that. Thank you. I see you. So just, you know, a few things that we do that I find help. And yes, I, I hear Beautiful. you don't drink so much on the way. I, I don't, I, I think I'm giving across the impression. I'm like some no, boozy bitch. <laughs> I never like the negative motivation, Nikki. So never say don't do that. It's bad for me. It's like, no, wait it's a like, second. There is something 
healthier that might be equally exciting, if not more exciting, you know, maybe go to an ecstatic dance night or something, you know, yes. or a twerking lesson or whatever that is and see the high you can get from that and then share that. You know? Oh, I, I love it. So I have a, I mean, we, we definitely need to do a part two of this because I already <laughs> yeah. have so many more questions. Um, yeah. Just as we're going on this, I want to quickly go into you've talked about sex toys and that having a vibrator for example maybe isn't the best thing and i know you're a fan of the jade egg some people are probably like what is that and also the jade wand but i'd love to know so you can explain why and maybe how how to use these things for yourself or with your partner and if there's any other toys like i think you say i'm i'm signed up for your workshop coming up and you know, I got the email says, bring a candle and bring some chocolate and bring a feather. <laughs> so I'd love to know what are just some quick and easy tools. And also, why do you like a jade egg and a jade wand, for example? Yeah. So let's start with the vibrator. And it's a controversial one. Some people might start throwing plates at me here. If I said, <laughs> I'm not, I'm not a big fan of vibrator. And many teachers will say, you know, if this brings you pleasure, go for it. There's nothing wrong with it. Uh, so this is my opinion, my perception, not an absolute truth. And I invite everyone to experiment and see what works for them. Okay. From my experience, especially when it comes to clitoral vibrators, it is such an intense uh, vibration that is not a natural vibration. Okay. I like to say you start like almost going to go drilling, right? To this thousands of nerves there. So my experience and experience from my clients is that the synthesizes the clitoris. Apparently, there is not enough research or the research show it's not true. This has been, again, uh, something that clients brought to me over and over again. And I always laugh because I even have a client's like, listen, first I was on the speed number one, then I had to switch to two. I am now on three and there is no four. I am seriously concerned. <laughs> and uh, so if vibrators, I'd probably rather recommend the G-Spot vibrator. Now, why do I... Also, I'm not a fan of vibrators so much because they also bring that fast food sex mentality to self-pleasure. And the way we self-pleasure, how we do anything is how we do everything. So if you self-pleasure in three minutes, disconnected really from your body and just relying on a machine to stimulate you, then you complaining that your partner just wants to do slam bam, thank you, mom. And, uh, you know, and doesn't want to be massaging your breasts there for 20 minutes. Well, that's not even what you are willing to do. Right. And I feel like we tend to become lazy, uh, because there's nothing you have to do. You just put the machine in two, three minutes yep. again, you know, orgasm. So on the other hand, the crystal wand, for example, just by the fact that it's crystal together with the egg, it's delicate. Uh, it, there is a certain frequency to it, just brings more sacredness to the practice straight away. The moment you touch that thing, it just already feels different because it's also not vibrating. You need to work with it in a very different way. There is, and again, it, it's, I invite really an intention. I invite, um, slowness. I invite a lot of tools we use in, in spirituality and then those tools can start healing. And first of all, they also, for women especially, they, you are going to start 
to tap into your vaginal orgasm, while the clitoral vibrator is just continues to uh, to to gift you with this clitoral type of an experience. Once you start using the jade egg and the crystal wand, that's where you can really start tapping into your G spot, into your cervix, and you can really expand your orgasmic capacity. And again, hundreds of women who are doing my courses confirm that women who never had an orgasm and start to a vaginal type of orgasms, it's, it's thanks to the JDEC practice and crystal one practice. So that's why I really recommend those. Quick again, question, really yeah. quick question on that, just because mm-hmm. you kind of mentioned a few different things and people might be like, wait, what? So I think I've heard mm-hmm. the G spot. I don't know. Like, I know there's so many women who don't even know where mm-hmm. their G spot is, but can you really quickly run us through? all the different types of orgasms there are because yeah. there's a lot. Oh my God. So the, the orgasms, there's endless type of orgasms, especially for us women. Oh my God, even more, but just, you know, from the basic uh, physical point of view, you can have a clitoral orgasm, which is not the vaginal because it's on the outside. Then you have a G spot to three inches in. So that's a vaginal orgasm, G spot orgasm, then all the way to the end of your vaginal canal, there's cervix. So you're going to have a cervical orgasm. Okay. So there's already three. You can have anal orgasm, you can have a breast gasm, nipple gasm. Some people will also talk about the U spot, uh, which is our pee hole. And actually you can experience a, a pee spot orgasm as well. Then uh, you can also find an A spot, kind of a deep spot. Uh, also inside of the vagina, a little after the G spot before the cervix. Um, so these are some of the most obvious ones. Then I would say, once you really tap into your body and energy, I have experienced a neck gasm. I have experienced a back gasm. Uh, my very good girlfriend who just started on this journey came running to me last week saying, oh my God, baby, I experienced an eargasm. <laughs> so an eargasm, an eyegasm, a toothgasm. I had all of those. Yeah. Then you can have a crygasm. And oh, an orgasm oh. and a voice soundgasm. And then yeah. you also can have a full body orgasm, energy orgasm, yes. or peak orgasm, or a valley orgasm, right? So there's like different um different lenses you can uh, or different filter mm. you can put around them. But I would say these are some of the <laughs> ones that I experience and I highly recommend um diving into. Oh my gosh. But yeah. So what's interesting, I, I, with my partner, actually, when I felt safe and, and we were really doing some of this breath work and things of that Mm -hmm. nature, so much healing came and I would cry while having these service cervix and not even knowing what it was and just being Mm -hmm. like, I don't know why I cried, but it felt so good too. But let's go back to the full body orgasm quickly, (laughs) because, you know, I, we could go on for hours and I know that there's, no. I have so many more questions. We'll see if we can get through a few of them if we go quick. But I remember I had a full body orgasm during my yoga teacher training and we were doing hours of meditation in the morning mm-hmm. in Bali. And I was laying there and, you know, pulsating and, and it's vibrating. And I'm thinking, Oh my God, I wonder if everyone can tell that I'm having an orgasm right now. <laughs> and I just remember at the end of it, coming out of that meditation and kind of looking around being like, um, I hope nobody saw that, but of course, you know, they were all doing their thing. So can you tell us what a full body orgasm is and maybe a few, t- and you've, you've already shared a lot, but a few tips on tips. how someone can get there. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So kind of what we said at the beginning, 
we want to move away from the fast and friction oriented sex. So we can actually build that energy. And before we peak, before we release it, we going to actually start moving it. So I always say start, slow down, first of all, stop running after the orgasm and just become more present into the present moment. What are you feeling? Where are you feeling? Without any agenda. Okay. Once we slow down, you're going to start observing that there are different levels of arousal. So bring yourself to a medium level of arousal, right? So there's not arousal at all, orgasm. And in between, we have lower level of arousal, medium level of arousal, high level of arousal, right? We kind of sprint from one to the other so fast that we don't even notice those different levels. I'm going to ask you to pause, to slow down so you can notice, hey, it's like a medium level of arousal. I'm going to pause here. How does this medium level feel? Where does it feel? Is it tingling? Is it fiery? Is it my belly? Is it my breast? Is it, you know, how does it feel? And just truly being present with that. And then we're going to allow the energy to move beyond the genitals and run freely through our entire body, right? So again, if you're practicing yoga, you might use some of those tools. So pranayamas and breathing. Let's start breathing slower and deeper, even through a nose to start with. But the longer inhale and a longer exhale, ah, you can exhale through your mouth, relaxing your jaw. Those longer inhales, slower exhales will really help you to relax. And once you actually relax, not only you are you more receptive to pleasure, but then your body can start expanding. And that energy can start flowing, right? If you're tense, if you're pushing it into the genitals, then it's going to be hard that it circulates all over your body, right? So consciously relaxing through breath, through sound, and kind of, I call it riding a wave of pleasure. And then you can bring yourself a little bit higher on that arousal scale, but not too high. And then pause again. And again, you can do this either with yourself or your partner. And I actually recommend starting with yourself. I always mm. say we want to start playing our own instrument and learn how to play it really well before we go to play in a duo and have an orchestra with someone else, right? So playing and trying and experimenting and exploring with yourself. Yeah, and riding this wave a couple of times. Some people may refer to this as edging. Um... I would like edging is coming closer to an orgasm and then going down. I would like say start even lower on that wave. Lower level of arousal, stay with it. Breathe, sound, move your body. Then build it up to medium. Pause again. Breathe, sound, move your body. Higher level of arousal. So at least three times. And then once you actually come to an orgasm, keep on breathing and sounding and moving your body and see how different and more powerful that experience will be. Uh, but these are simple steps and just with that and combining it with scheduling time for the practice, is it with your partner or alone? Because this experience requires time. If you have three minutes, it's not going to happen. So prioritize it, commit to it and put it in your calendar. One hour when you're alone, two, three hours if you're with a partner and then have an intention. Bring an intention. Hey, I want to really connect to my body today. I want to tap into my energy. I want to have a full body experience. Yeah. So that will also 
and really bring a whole different uh, dynamic to the practice. And uh, yeah, I would say even starting with this already will shift your experience. I fully agree. And so this actually leads me into the my next question. And I think we'll we'll probably end it here after this question, even though I have more. <laughs> so you have a few different ways to work with you. And I, I'd like you to go mm-hmm. over those because you have an online course you did and you have uh, one-on-one, you know, mm-hmm. group courses. And and you also do one-on-one sessions occasionally. And and I know, you know, at least my partner and I did a one-on-one with you in Tulum and damn, was it fun. And we really have yeah. begun practicing those things. I'd like, He'll he'll pull back and you know be like where where are you? He's like oh oops I got to a nine right or we kind of like play <laughs> with that and, and build it so it's mm-hmm. it is fun but and I also just can't wait to take part in your your couples course that you're doing so I'd love for you just to share with the audience because yeah. I'm sure everyone is going to want to work with you after this yeah. of what are your different offerings or where should someone start if they're just like okay huh mm-hmm. what I just listened to this now what so based on your offerings yeah. Okay, uh, so to be honest with you all, my favorite container is an online container and group containers, not even one-on-one. I think there's so much power into either women coming together or couples coming together and there's accountability, there's community and it, it works magic, to be honest. Now, I like to compare sexuality a little bit to fitness. It's a little bit like, imagine that you come to someone and say, hey, can you... Can you train me for the weekend so I become fit? You tell me, Nikki. How possible is that? Not <laughs> right? <very. laughs> not, not so much. Same with sexuality. If we really want to build up that strength in the pelvic floor, if we want to see the effects of the JDEC practice, if we want to build safety, if we want to build this connection to the body, it takes time. And all this is actually possible in an online container. So my favorite one for women is Ladder to Bliss. It's 12 weeks and women go literally from never experiencing an orgasm, sexual trauma to becoming multi-orgasmic and having, you know, lovers. Oh, we didn't talk about that, but... Um, we can, we can. If you're, if you're okay, let's stay on for another yeah. few minutes. We can talk about yeah. that. So that's for 12 weeks. And then for couples, it's currently eight weeks, but I'm actually going to add some more modules to this. And again, just this week, I had a free man who experienced their first non-ejaculatory full body orgasm. Uh, So yeah, I love how then they inspire and motivate each other. Um, So yeah, Ecstatic Lover and Ladder to Bliss. There's also a self-paced course called Orgasmic Embrace that you can purchase shorter at any time. And then I also um, work one-on-one, but that's very few cases um possible though <laughs> mm-hmm. i do i do short sessions uh when i travel for couples or when i'm here in tulum called initiation into energetic lovemaking and that's the one you did with your partner um because i feel sometimes people uh, can be afraid or not sure and can give them a nice intro and a little bit of a glimpse of how it can feel and how actually it is safe and beautiful and sacred and uh, so then they open up to more um and yeah um i would say these are my main uh, the main ways you can work with me amazing um, okay yeah. so we're gonna go through this last one really quickly and then i have one one follow-up mm-hmm. question and you know where people can find you mm-hmm. but you know you've talked about having lovers during your experience mm-hmm. and i 
I'm really curious to know for people out there, do you think it's okay to have casual sex or should it really be about conscious lovemaking? Okay. So, you know, you assume that if I have a lover and there's no commitment, it's not conscious. There mm. is, there is an assumption that is not truth. Because for example, what I find, and again, there is no right or wrong answer to this and everyone should figure out what works for them. Uh, if I am in a space where I'm not necessarily interested in any man right now to fully commit to dating, and indeed, I don't like just a one one night stand without any depth to it. I find something in the middle. And to me, it is a conscious lover with whom I actually create a very intentional conscious space where we talk about where we are ready to commit to and not commit to what are our boundaries. And we then meet regularly. So we are not in a committed relationship, but we are in a committed sacred container when it comes to lovemaking. Mm -hmm. So there is an intention, there's sharing and oh my Lord, you know, sometimes with some of the lovers, we go really, really deep. So I think we often tend to mix commitment with conscious lovemaking, with hooking up with all kinds of things. But I have created conscious lover dynamic uh, and I really appreciate it. And we had a beautiful, deep connection on a soul level, on a, on a physical level, mind-blowing orgasms, uh, uh, energy orgasms. Um, I, you know, sometimes initiate men into this full body, non-ejaculatory orgasms and it's beautiful and it's deep. So, mm. you so know, really it, it, casual, what does it mean for some people? You know, it, it means a different thing. So right, this is my right. definition of a lover. And I actually had also, remember I had a, a few years ago, I had a weekend with, it, it was, we never saw each other. I had a weekend that I spent making love with a man who actually was into Tantra. Mm. And it was also beautiful. And it was a night, one night stand. It was a two night stand. Um, but it was super beautiful and deep. And I learned a lot. I was quite new to this. And yeah. What it sounds that make like. Yeah, absolutely. And what it sounds like kind of basing our, the whole conversation and summing it up is it's really about consciousness and, and consciously coming to your orgasm and not just, you know, wham, bam, and done and consciously breathing and consciously choosing to meet your partner and do these practices. Mm. And I think it, it really does have all of that, that same thread of how can you be present with yourself? And so baby, you're fucking amazing. I love you. And I, think <laughs> I love you too. I, love. I love you. I love you too. Oh my God. And you and know what, Nikki, I just want to say, I want to say that, you know, you, I admire you so much and we met and you were just always so ambitious and so caring and always so curious and doing so many exciting things and so many women in your situation, you you, you kind of met a dream partner, you are engaged, you are, you moved into this bigger apartment together. So many women that I came across would just give up on their own career or give up on their own plans and projects. And you kind of seems like tripled. On all of that, you launched the podcast, you launched new courses, and I love it that you kind of thrive uh, being supported by your partner. Mm. And I also admire that so much. So, yeah, so yeah. happy to have you in my life. So happy you've started the podcast. 
you're great in that. <laughs> Thank you. And I mean, you know, yeah. and I, I, I think it, it's a good place to end too. And we're definitely going to have to do a, a round yeah. two. So mm-hmm. I just, I really find everything you've talked about too, and and our conversation and in in life we live in today's day and age, it's about supporting and sharing and being vulnerable and being conscious and, and being open mm-hmm. to new experiences. And I, for myself, have found like I had a, a conscious lover and I'm like, it was the coolest thing I ever did. And I experienced mm-hmm. mind blowing things. And then it ended when he met someone and he told me and it was, you know, and, and my partner knows mm-hmm. about that. And it's like, it's about being raw, open, vulnerable and being just ready to receive the new friends that come in your life and new experiences and, and being open to new learnings and lessons. And so BB, thank you so much. One last question before we go. Well, two, mm-hmm. where can people find you? And so first off, where can people find you? Yeah. So I have a very difficult Polish name. And <laughs> uh, therefore this nickname BB and that's for my Instagram planet BB, planet B-I-B-I. Uh, I just had to come up with something playful. And then my website, again, to avoid you misspelling my Polish surname, uh, you can just type in energeticlovemaking.com and it's going to redirect you Perfect. to my difficult name. And we, I'll, I'll link everything for BB if you yeah, want to get beautiful. in touch and everything. Mm. So last question, because we've got way over than what yeah. I thought, but it's so juicy and yeah. worth it. <laughs> what does a sharper life mean to you? Mm, sharper life <sighs> you know what uh, what comes to mind is just being more bold uh with saying hell yes to life saying yes to adventure yes to starting new things yes to risking yes to going out of your comfort zone and just being fully present uh and alive and committed to living your life to the fullest damn i love it i will take it (laughs) and for everyone listening thank you so much for being here thank you bb and until next week here's to a sharper life 